Hello there. Welcome everyone back to another episode of Star Wars in a galaxy watching all the Star Wars we can get our hands on. I'm hyped today. I'm so hyped. Oh my god. Um, well, first of all, we're recording this the day after our Meg Dowell interview um, came out. And boy, oh boy, have, has In a Galaxy been doing well. We have we have done like some of the best, like the day of Force Fest and the day and and yesterday, basically, were two of our best days in In a Galaxy history so far. Um, for people seeing our podcast, following us on Twitter, all of that. So if you're listening and you're new to this, thanks for coming we have a fun time here we do some fun stuff we watch a lot of star wars and yeah i'm eli i'm jacob and who boy we got what what did we watch this week jacob what did we watch today we watched um we watched more of the Kennedy tartakovsky clone wars series from 2003 we watched around the 30th minute to the 60th minute so so, so we watched that's around that comes out to about a quarter of it no yeah um, okay. We extended it a little bit. We were going to do 30 to 60, but then we realized that the final chapter had about a minute left to it, and it would be weird to pause right in the middle of it. Like, the last time, we paused right in the middle of one, but it was only, like, one minute in. But So we actually one, just watched chapter two. We watched most of volume two, actually. Most of volume two, okay. Oh, it's There's actually one more chapter of volume two that we haven't watched that we'll watch next time. Oh, okay. Um, and in, and, in, and that one introduces General Grievous, who we don't see in this episode, unfortunately. Um, wow. But his, his arrival will be welcome, absolutely, by um, in a galaxy. Um, I can't wait for that. <laughs> yeah, it's, he's gonna, it's going to be great. Um, so let's talk about... Um, let, let's, get, let's get into this. And, uh, unless you have anything else to say, let's get into this. All right, we so, open in a yeah. space battle. A I humongous don't know if... space, space battle. Yeah, humongous. Yeah. Um, it may it I assume it's near Geonosis because they the Republic is fighting off a massive swarm of uh, Geonosian starfighters. There's one scene in yes, particular that absolutely. I found pretty striking where Anakin Skywalker is flying and then from behind him you see bearing down on him literally two to three dozen starfighters. I will say again, and we've said this about uh, Clone dropping. Wars before S- the scale is always massive yeah I, that's the motto that I, when producing clone wars was why have 10 when you can have 100 i know go big or go home i think it i think it kind of <laughs> permeates all aspects of the show the way um it really does the the, the um the kind of over exaggerated just bonkers over the top force powers the things that count dooku and mace windu and anakin and ventress do the and super later yoda, fast yoda will see yoda fighter maneuvering yes the yoda maneuvering just, just everything Grievous about doing it. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, despite its, uh, despite its humble production, it, it feels like a very much a, a go big or a, a, a go bigger go home type of effort. Absolutely. One of the first things I noticed about the space battle, and I don't know if you noticed this, Anakin isn't using R two D two. No, he's not using R two D two. He's using a red droid. I don't know the name. R four P twenty two. I looked it up. Um, R four P twenty two. Wow. He literally has no other purpose other than the fact. That he was with Anakin pretty much throughout this whole thing. This scene, this scene, I gotta say, this gets some good development of Anakin in there. I love the development of Anakin. He's very sure of himself in the cockpit. Anakin makes a ton of references to stuff we've seen earlier in real time, but later in chrono- chronological time of Vader things. 
He says, I have, he you, says, now, I have you now yeah. to Ventress, which is a direct echo of A New Hope. Yeah, and he's like, I have you now. Trench run. Um, he also says, um, he also is like, who's the pilot? The force is strong with them, which is also a almost direct echo of the same thing from the Trench run sequence in For. Um, there's a lot of stuff there. Um... Definitely. Anything else about... No. Yes, actually. Um, Anakin's Starfighter um, is, is something a bit different. Its name is the... I did some research on it. Its name is the Azure Angel, and it's a customized version of the standard Delta VII uh, Jedi Starfighter. It started its lifespan as a standard Delta-type Starfighter, but Anakin, of course, Anakin being Anakin, always, always tinkering, always trying to improve his arm and whatnot i guess that applies here too uses his mechanical skills to increase the delta 7 increase the performance and he makes very extensive mechanical and aerodynamic modifications enhancing the starfighter's performance he upgrades the laser cannons he gives it a bunch of missiles which we see can shoot very fast it's very exciting and he gives it a hyperdrive too so it, it doesn't need the ring with that the other the other Jedi starfighters need, which is often a problem problematic for, or it can be logistically problematic for them in the Clone Wars, having Doc and everything. I he, see. Uh, okay, never mind. Go. Now go. about the paint scheme. Um, it's the paint scheme actually. Um, according to um, can't remember. According to an interview, the paint scheme is similar. Is supposed to be similar to his old pod racer. And the the same uh, the same design was actually uh, applied to the the starfighter, the blade of Doran, which Anakin actually gifted to Plo Koon um, later on during the Clone Wars, and that's the that's the starfighter that Plo Koon we see Plo Koon flying for a lot. And Azur Angel was named for um, Anakin. That was actually Anakin naming it after Padme, or I guess naming it for Padme. Not not sure quite what Azur Angel. Means connected to Padme, but uh, I know what part of it means. Interesting tidbit, nonetheless. I know what part Are of it means. You an angel? Yeah, that's literally. I think that's literally what it means. First of all, yeah. um, great commentary on that. Good call. If you yeah, guys I didn't even think about know, that. If you guys don't know, um, Jacob, is it fair to say that you join like? And I know this is not all your Star Wars love, but you you fell in love with Star Wars a lot because of the vehicles. Yeah, I'd say that. I, I was yeah. kind of... Um, Jacob's much more still am of a kind of the, uh, tech guy than I am. The resident spaceship nerd in our um, in our friendship and our... Absolutely. Uh, By our far. little podcast here, I, I remember <laughs> Jacob and I used to play a game where we'd go through one, some of the Star Wars cross-sections and um, we'd talk about how to destroy it and Jacob would always have these sophisticated strategies oh, you're going to board here, and you're going to destroy this engine right here, and then you're going to go over there to the control deck, and then you're going to do this. And I'm like, okay, we're going to take out the hyperdrive here, and that's it. Yeah, I, I, I like having that balance, honestly, um, too. Let's see. Also, anything else before um, about this Starfighter sequence that you want to talk about before I touch on what happens like at the tail end of this that's kind of crazy, and I saw both of you and I wrote notes about this. Oh, another, another couple of things that I found interesting. Some of Anakin, I just noticed off them, just uh, quickly, Anakin's uh, starfighter noises are recycled speeder noises, which I think That's is kind of cool. cool, taking something already existing, um, 
probably probably because of their limited resources and because they were just working with what they could. And um, it turned out pretty cool though. Definitely a neat. They um, reuse quite a bit of the music too, like. Yeah, they reuse a lot of things, but they turn it into something new too, which is absolutely which is really awesome. They uh, they re they really stretch their resources very far, and it's uh, it's apparent in how well the show is uh is is put together and how well it's executed. But what really what I really found interesting and what I couldn't quite find a lot of information on in my research I think is Anakin is saying vent track the angle of Ventress. Yes, I was about to Ventress talk about that. We were I was about to drop that. So right, you, I actually looked this it. up too. I looked this up too. Jacob just mentioned it, but like so this is like prototype Last Jedi stuff, you know. In Last Jedi, um one of the main plot points is about the First Order tracking the resistance through hyperspace. Um and it was my shock to find that in Clone Wars, and of course Jacobs too, he just mentioned it, that they were doing basically the same thing. I mean, I, I, it's Legends, so it doesn't really count anymore, but like, like in the same way, here's what I mean. Like, of course, like, of course, however much you want Legends to count, of course it counts for you. But what I mean is Legends and the sequel trilogy can't exist in the same universe. They just can't. Um... The sequel trilogy overrides quite a bit of stuff in the uh, in Legends, which is fine. It's a new universe, you know what I mean. But even so, Jacob pointed out. I saw this thing in your notes. It's like, yeah, the rebellion, not the rebellion, the Empire in trying to destroy the rebellion could have used this so many freaking times. Like, yeah, it's interesting um, that just the idea that it's interesting just the idea of having the the angle just the angle and the bearings and the coordinate of where where they jumped to what angle would be and, enough to track And did them. you notice that, um, so Anakin tracked Ventress, and then yeah. Obi-Wan somehow tracked Anakin. I guess the, I guess the like, Anakin how was that close work? enough. I guess Anakin was close enough that they, uh, they had it picked up on scanners, their ships, and were recording. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it only matters to the most nitpicky of Star Wars fans, you know. Yeah, yeah. But clearly, the, I mean, clearly, it's just like a plot. There, there's plot this. Thing. There's a thing that I've heard a bunch of Star Wars people talk about, um, uh, including the the two people that come to mind when I'm thinking of this are Ken Knapsack of Force Center and Alden Diaz of Octo Radio. They talk about Star Wars being more about the why than the how. Why yeah, I think that's a good stuff. Why stuff is is more important than how stuff works. Um, in terms of watching Star Wars for the like best viewing experience, and I highly agree with that. This is yeah. this is Jacob and I nerding out over um, hyperspace tracking yeah. statistics. It doesn't really matter. It's a, it takes like that's the other thing. When I'm watching Star Wars movies, my thing is how much like when something bothers me, I I logistically think. How many seconds does this bother me? This happens for like 10 seconds, you know, it's a blip. Um, yeah, it's not really something it, that it's you're- It's not substantial. It's, it's not something that you're supposed to be thinking about, I guess. It's really but not. It's, it's, it, it's interesting but nonetheless to compare the, uh, compare the, the way that, the ways that hyperspace work, I guess, in Legends and in, yeah. in, in this part of Legends and then in the canon. Yeah, um, so that's that sequence. Um, oh, also, I forgot to mention, before we go on, Obi-Wan has a bad feeling about this. Yep, Obi-Wan has a bad feeling about this. Which I love. Um, uh, 
So, next two segments um, of Clone Wars, next two chapters of Clone Wars, center on Dantooine um, and Jedi Master Mace Windu. And I gotta say, I don't know if it's just me, and you might think I'm crazy about that. I mean, you know me, I already don't like Mace Windu that much. But just for a bunch of logistical things that really stack up for me, this is the only Clone Wars sequence that I've been that I've watched so far that I found myself actively disliking. Really? Wow. Yeah. I, I thought I, for me, personally, this was one of my favorite parts. I just thought he absolutely snapped. He had one of the that, I thought that was one of the coolest combat scenes ever. The part where um the, it was just so creative, the different ways they had him taking apart the battle droids. Yeah. I mean, the, it wasn't part, terrible. It's yeah, it wasn't just terrible. like, I, I just, I didn't enjoy it as much for a bunch of things. So first, there are two things about this um, sequence we got to talk about. First of all, um, we got to talk about that tank. The the uh, the giant floaty The seismic bumper. tank. It's called a, a seismic, seismic tank. tank. It's actually, believe it or not, I researched this because you know me, I'm that guy. Um, I, re- I researched the seismic tank. It's actually supposed to be used for mining. It's supposed to be used to pull ores and minerals out of a planet for easy access for miners and profiteers and companies to do that with. Well, that it's not supposed to be used for combat. It, that makes but sense it is. because the separatists are made up of different various uh, technological corporations. So yeah. Anyway, so it's a seismic tank, and all of the clones. Are like just dumb in this. They all get just absolutely obliterated by basically the earthquake that this thing causes. One of them even does a Wilhelm scream. Yes, I mean, Private Wilhelm just, strikes back. They're continuing the tradition. I love it's that. Continuing the tradition, it's great. Um, uh, any so we gotta we gotta get on to our main attraction, which is Mace Windu absolutely destroying that entire army. Wow. Like, holy cow. That was just like I know that it is a um I know that it's fiction. I know they can make the characters do whatever they want. But still, the things that Mace like there that that was just it was just and, really it was just really fun to lightsaber, watch. And then he literally starts punching battle droids. Yeah. He just starts punching battle droids. I mean, here's the thing super about battle droids no less with their yeah. thick armor yeah we can what see power is that this is a weird it's i think it would be amplification of like basically amping yourself up with the force okay basically you amplify your strength using the force and you can just punch through. by the way that metal is tough you know how how tough that metal is in the mandalorian in the flashback scenes you know there are all those super battle droids fighting on that planet where the Mandalorian is, right? Yeah. And the, the super battle droid, remember in the bunker, he turns his gun on uh, the Mandalorian, the young yes. Din Djarin. Yes. Note that, it ta- note that the first time a shot comes to that super battle droid, it does not get destroyed. It gets dented a little bit. It takes a couple more shots from the Mandalorian blaster to destroy that super battle droid. So it takes multiple military-grade blaster shots to fell a super battle droid. Yeah. And Mace Windu just punches Windu. through him, and it just works. Yeah. My thing is, like, it's really cool in animation. It looks awesome. Yeah. But I never want to see this kind of thing in Star Wars. My thing is, like, it's a little bit... You think he's too bit, powerful? 
it's a little bit too much for me, honestly. It's like, you know, seeing it a bunch of times in like in, in, in Clone Wars, you know, we see it with Mace Windu here, we'll see it we'll see crazy stuff with Grievous later, and then Mace Windu and Yoda also do something crazy um later on. And that's fine, you know. I don't real it's not crazy bad. I just don't really like I don't really like that much. I would never want to see that kind of thing again because it's just like it's a, it it live it get, lends a little too much credence to the characters. Honestly, I feel like it's like um it like Yoda um Yoda it it's very impressive when Yoda in ambush remember ambush um when he takes out the AT like with no effort at all. Yeah. That's he on takes, Rugosa. He, yeah, on Rugosa. He takes out the 8AT tank with no effort at all. Yeah, and he's basically Mace, just stomping. And, and Mace Windu does the same thing, but to that entire big seismic tank. Yeah. Now Mace Windu is no way is more powerful than Yoda. Um, but, but the AAT one seems a little bit more proportional to Yoda than the seismic tank seems to Mace Windu, if you get my thing. That's just me, though. Well, what I would say is... I, I would say that what one thing I like about the clone what what I like about Clone Wars for this is that these crazy over the top kind of exaggerated feeling battle and fight scenes they would be they would be incongruous in 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 the other shows they would be incongruous you, in the movies you couldn't do it in live action you just but they work do they it. they work in this format they work in it yeah. because that's kind of the that's kind of the feel of the show it's a little bit cartoony a little yeah. bit dare i say cheesy the but thing, it works and i like it for thing, that i really the thing do. i like about this is the thing i like about um clone wars um in my opinion is like you know there's this feel about legends at lucasfilm right now that legends are the stories that canon characters tell around a campfire and yeah, these so seem kind of like the exact more... kind of stories that they tell around the campfire oh and then you know what happened to mace windu he destroyed all of them and he yeah. and guess what guess what guess what he even started punching the battle droid with his bare hand. Can you believe that? That's yeah. a great point. Yeah, definitely, definitely feels a little bit. Um, it feels a little bit. It more feels outlandish. larger than life. I like the outlandishness of it. Honestly, yeah. this is Ilum's first canonical appearance. I'm pretty sure. Really? I mean, like not canonical because legend now, but like in everything we've watched, yeah, I think it is both timeline wise and um. Both timeline wise and real world wise, I don't think we saw Ilum before two thousand four. This would be so. This is the first. This is our first introduction to Ilum in any I'm form pretty of Star sure. Wars media. I'm pretty sure. Wow. And, wow. And, and, and chronologically, we haven't seen Ilum up to this point. Yeah. Um, who are the two Jedi we see on Ilum? We see, of course, Luminara and Dooley, and Barriss Offi, the dynamic and duo. Offie. Even though yep. Barriss Offi eventually. Sets off a bomb in the hangar, but we're not going to talk about that right now. And but then we get we get the mantra. We get to see the um. But before we get there, we just get to see the um. I can't remember oh, exactly because oh, like I am the heart the of the crystal is the heart of the blade. The blade is the heart of the you know. Is that, that sort of canon thing. now? Because it's oh, in I the Jedi Path canon. book. That's legends, though. Yeah. So did the Jedi Path book actually take it from this then? Because the Jedi Path book was published Probably. afterwards. Wow, I'm gonna look that's at, pretty I'm neat. actually gonna look right now. Um, it's interesting, also, the way we can see um, during this scene, the way the lightsaber is constructed. There seems to be some kind of a glass 
enclosure or a clear enclosure around the crystal. The crystal is the heart of the blade. The heart is the crystal of the Jedi. The Jedi is the crystal of the Force. The Force is the blade of the heart. Wow. It's it's very Jedi code esque, honestly. Um, It's deep. Yeah. It's it's it it is very deep. Um, What else do we got? Um, Let's see. Um, Oh yeah. So then they get attacked by. They're called chameleon droids, but I wrote them down as invisible droids. Chameleon droids, uh, so they don't actually go invisible. They actually act as sort of like chameleons? Yes, basically. Wow. They're, I mean, they look uh, pretty invisible, but that's cool. And they get attacked by those, and Yoda eventually gets those. And then we actually find Yoda, and he's like, Hey, guys, those Jedi are in danger, and we gotta go and rescue them. And who are the guys he's with? Padme and Panaka. Typho, Typho. Typho. Oh, that's Typho. Okay. That's Typho. Why um, is Yoda on Padme's ship? That's what I was wondering. Hmm. Mm. No. Okay. But like, seriously. If any Jedi would have been on, on Padme's ship, you know who it would have been. It would have been Anakin. Why is Yoda with Padme? Well, that's the other thing. Why does Padme need protection? Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe she was going to some diplomatic event and Yoda needed to be there too as the head of the Jedi. Who knows? But and what also, I find really shocking, yeah. Yoda uses a mind trick on Typho. Yeah, that was that was extremely, that was extremely questionable. Man, Yoda has me. Yoda has no morals. Maybe I see where the separatists <laughs> are coming from now. And that brings into question: What does a weak-minded individual truly mean? Like, are we truly to believe that all the unnamed characters that that get mind tricked? This is Star Wars. There are no unnamed characters. Okay, but uh, characters that don't have characters that don't have significance to the plot. Significance to the plot. Background characters. Are we really to believe then that all these background characters are somehow mentally inferior, that they're less intelligent, or that they can't think for themselves? Like that seems a bit that seems a bit odd to me. So I'm having a I'm having a hard time. I, I- there's some stuff that, I was I thinking about mind tricks, and I've heard from other Star Wars content creators. Most of this I'm talking about um, uh, is stuff that I've heard from Alex Damon of Star Wars Explained. Um, huge mm-hmm. shout-outs to them because they're awesome in every single way and shape of form possible. But, yeah, they make great uh, content. They make awesome content. Um, he was talking about um, the ethics of mind tricks, and he was saying one of the things that um, that he picked up from some canon source was basically that mind tricks were more effective if the person who was who is being mind tricked was already heading in that direction anyway. Like for example, um, you don't want to see his identifications. These are not the droids you're looking for. Do you realize like you know it was so hot on Tatooine yeah, that, that stormtrooper did not like did not like he doesn't want to be there. He just wants yeah, to get on with his That's day. actually a detail from uh, from a certain point of view um, in A New Hope that there's a story by Daniel Jose Oler, who is a great Star Wars author, who's actually doing stuff with the High Republic now. Um, uh, it's confirmed in there that, yeah, he didn't want to be there. And so he was more than happy to let them go. Yeah, he was more than happy also, to like, well, from make it someone Clone else's Wars, problem. Don't care. From the Clone Wars, I also think that mind tricks don't don't work um don't work only on weak-minded individuals and i'm getting this from the clone wars season two here's where i'm getting this from 
Remember when Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Mace Windu mind trick Cad Bane? Oh yeah, they almost two. they almost pull it off, yeah. They so I think they do I think they do pull it off actually. I thought they almost I thought they have to stop because they almost make him go insane. But then he tells them anyway. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but Maybe like, that was because of the torture aspect. Yeah, uh, but like knows? I th- but like I think I think the weaker minded a person is, the easier it is to do it. But I don't think it's impossible. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think it's impossible to mind trick somebody who isn't the weakest minded person out there. I, I just think it's kind of a minefield for any for any creator yeah, or anyone it, who's creating a Star Wars to, to try and define what weak minded is. Padme, you know, Padme also has a bad feeling about this in this segment. Yeah. And so she, many bad feelings about this. I think the story decisions and what Padme does in this are some of the best story decisions I've seen related to Padme in Star Wars. Can you elaborate on that? So when she goes off to find Yoda. Yeah. That's how, that's just like, that's straight from the Padme textbook. You know, that's, that's straight. I, I feel like take, take matters into text. your own hands. That's yeah. t- straight from the Skywalker textbook. She's Whenever definitely a people don't want me to, but I don't that, care. Whenever anyone tells, this is Skywalker 101, when anyone ever tells you they'll be fine and not to follow them, instantly decide to follow them. That's, that's Skywalker 101 right there. Um, yeah, it's the same play that Luke makes when on Dagobah when Yoda says, don't go, you haven't completed your training. Luke says, sorry, Gramps. Yeah, my thing was like, why is Yoda protecting Amidala? There are surely other pla- better places he can be right now, right? Well, I, I mean, we I don't, don't know, know the backstory. It, yeah, we don't it, know the backstory. It doesn't really, I think, once again, the why matters. Yeah. The why and the what Again. happens afterwards matters more than that. Yeah. Also, by the way, the way Padme takes out those chameleon droids is awesome. Yeah. I yeah. loved it. I noticed a lot of parallels. I don't know if this is on purpose or not. I mean, Dave Filoni is clearly, we, we've seen this demonstrated, a very deep thinker about what he does with Star Wars. So maybe there is some sequence. But this scene seems echoed uh, tremendously in the uh yoda's fights on rugosa uh, the part where he jumps onto the bomb droid and clings onto yeah. it while they try and it is the android the it part is where cool. he, he runs yeah. he's like running and holding out his saber to the side to chop all the droids and the, especially what really the, the part where he um he uses he uses the force to drop a bunch of rocks onto the chameleon droids and then he instructs his clone squadron to do the same thing on rugosa to take out a bunch of droidicas so i think that there's yeah. i think there are a lot of parallels there i don't know whether or not it's um i don't know whether or not it's intentional but cool to see nonetheless it's Definitely. actually really cool um seeing that because of something specific which is that we're probably going to end up watching ambush in the next month um we're starting the clone wars pretty soon and ambush is one of the first episodes chronologically in there so let's get to the main attraction shall we yeah. Anakin tracks Ventress to Yavin 4, which is, by the way, the first canon appearance, not canon, but like, first appearance in, in a galaxy of Yavin 4, which will later be used, the great Masasi temple that we kind of see in the background will later be used as the rebel base in Star Wars Rebels, Rogue One, and, of course, A New Hope. Um, now, are the Masasi, and- is that uh, related to the Sith? They were allies with the Sith 4,000 years before the Battle of Yavin with the great Sith Lord Exar Kun. 
in Legends. Um, oh, yeah. But they all kind of died, I think. They died out on Yavin 4 after, I think, building that temple and encasing Exarchun. Dang, rip. <laughs> rip is saucy. Um, yeah. Uh, did you notice that Anakin's outfit when he's searching for Ventress looks suspiciously like the outfit he wears when he sacks the Jedi Temple with the clones? I didn't notice that, but it would make sense given that this battle is trying to emphasize Anakin's no, but remember, descent this is towards the, the dark side. It makes it even more genius because it's before Revenge of the Sith. Was Tartakovsky in on what was going to happen in Revenge of the Sith when I'd they were making this? I'd imagine a little this? bit. I'd imagine a little bit. Um, I, I, I'd imagine quite a bit, actually, because of one thing. General Grievous. Grievous. Wait, you're right. How Grievous does that... appeared in Clone Wars and in the comics before he and in and in the books before he appeared in Revenge of the Sith. Wasn't he actually... I don't know if this is canon or not. I don't know if this is canon or Legends. But wasn't he supposed to have been running around in the uh, Geonosian catacombs during the first that battle of Geonosis? That has been made canon. Wow. That, it That's started crazy. in Legends, but it's been made canon. Oh my gosh. Imagine being a clone. Imagine. Oh, imagine. Imagine running Read around. Read a horror there story. Dave Filoni, get on this. Make a oh horror gosh. story with Grievous. No, I don't want to have to watch. I don't want to have to watch a, a Star Wars horror movie. I hate horror movies and I love Star Wars. Although I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of people would like that. Yeah, I mean, let here's us, the thing: we've gotten stud stuff in the Clone Wars. I think um, Brain Invaders, which is one of my least favorite episodes of the Clone Wars, is basically a horror episode. Brain Invaders. I don't know. I you mean, know the one with the worms. I guess. Um. Yeah. Okay. Let Let's go. Let's. Um. By the way, one of the clones on Yavin emits another Wilhelm scream. Yeah, no, yeah, oh yeah, that's right. That's when yeah. that's when he's getting dragged around. Ventress is using the force to beat up the clones. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> it's time for a duel analysis. Let's do this. Alright, let's do it. Anakin versus Asajj Ventress on Yavin 4. So what I notice is that, you know, Ventress has two modes in the Clone Wars when she's lightsaber dueling. She has her calm, like, Dooku-inspired, like, just, like, try and outsmart them mode. Yeah. And then when and she, she has... gets really angry, she has her berserker mode. Sure. There is no cool, common, collected mode in this. Ventress yeah. is all berserker, completely. Yeah. She's just lashing out at him. Um, it is... So cool to see, honestly. It's a really cool way of looking at it. Um, they're both they're both all in. They're in both going way. all. In. This is a battle that is going to be that that's going to have blood, sweat, and tears yeah. by far. They're out. Um, they're they out both do crazy a... things with the force to each other. Crazy things. Um, Anakin, I think, as is the Jedi way, is a bit more methodical than Ventress. Ventress is just hacking at him. Anakin has a clear idea of parries um, and attacks that will be good against her. You know what I mean? Um, now, he doesn't use those proper strikes and parries as much as a more established, more skilled dueler like Obi-Wan or Mace Windu, but he still does use them. 
Yeah, and I think it's a testament to the fact that even despite even before his powers have doubled, he's still um he's still able to kind of fend off uh Ventress's two lightsabers to his one. And I think I don't really know how to feel about this um quite because um I'm not I'm not quite sure how to express this. It seems strange that Ventress can have two lightsabers and get beaten by someone with one. Obviously, like if you're a superior duelist, it does it like you can overcome the advantage if you're enough of a, a better a better duelist. Same, same with pretty much anything, and yet it seems just crazy that Ventress can't find a way to use those two lightsabers. I feel like I, what what I like about Star Wars is often the creators they don't care like if it makes sense. They just want to make something that's cool and and fun. Yes, and that the kids think, will love. And I also so I appreciate think that about that, it. Though. Um, I also think that in, I also think that in the beginning of the fight, I think Ventress is actually winning. I think the oh, only for sure, yeah, she... Anakin pulled out of that fight was at the very end. We got to talk about the very end. He starts getting really pissed, like really angry, and then Anakin turn does this thing where he basically turns. Did you notice his face turns like blood red? Yeah. It's, he is calling on his dark, it do, it feels like one of those very climactic dual moments that we're used to in lightsaber. This is a moment at it the very end where they're, well. they're on the top of and, the cliff. And also, also, the thing is, also, it's a cool bit of symbolism. You notice he, she, he disarms her and then uses one of her red lightsabers against her. Yeah, that's clearly symbolism. Yeah, like, if, it's, if, if he's you calling don't, on the dark side. Yeah, if that's not symbolism of he's tapping into his Sith esque rage, then I don't know what is. And the um, part when they start bat when he starts bashing down on on Ventress, and then you see the flashes of of each bash, the flashes of Obi Wan. That is such a cool effect. It's I, such a cool effect. It's in Rise of Kylo Ren five. It shows Ben Solo bleeding his lightsaber, and you can see flashes of when he bleeds his lightsaber crystal. Um, when he cracks his lightsaber crystal, you see flashes of Leia, you see flashes of Han, you see flashes of Rey, and they all feel that dark energy radiant. That reminds me of that. Um, and then he does he knocks her down. I mean, of course she doesn't die because this is Star Wars. Come on, people can't yeah. die like that. Um, but then he does. No this one thing, dies. Of no one dies of a great fall. Um, yeah. Except for Mace Windu. <laughs> he fell out the window, man. Um, and then he just screams, which is just the best imagery I've ever seen. It's just... It's so cool. I love it. We, we've we gotten some really interesting moments, I will say. Not really, this. we got a lot of great moments. This was a great Yeah, this was a chapter. great segment. I loved it. It was awesome. Yeah, I'm having so much fun watching this show. I can... I, I never I can't believe honestly I can't believe that I haven't watched it till now I can really really I see can... how why it's why it's beloved by yes a lot of the community it's very you know? good. I, I, I like it um, it feels like a ne- it feels like a breath of fresh air like yes. it really it really feels like something it different does. I love it for that and, I love and you it. know what it's time for now one quarter portion this week on one quarter portion we got our Star Wars opinions you got them. Bring it. Um, We're gonna bring it, Jacob. Why don't you go first? All right. What is your favorite character that has been in at least two different trilogies? Two different trilogies. Um, there are a lot of them. First of all, there are quite a few of them. I'm gonna say 
this is the character I mean, actually, I'm not gonna say Yoda because Yoda's my favorite Star Wars character. That's kind of cheating because you know he's my favorite. He's my favorite. He's gonna be my favorite of everything. Um, I would say, I'd honestly say Palpatine. Um, in the prequels and the originals, and of course the sequels. You know, I think seeing him with his master plans and orchestrating the master plans is a really cool sight to see. And I love, I love when we have a great bad guy to just root against. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who do Definitely. you think is yours? My favorite, um, honestly, Obi Wan Kenobi. I I don't know. Hello I've, there. I've really grown to um appreciate obi-wan more and obi-wan's in three trilogies too obi-wan's in three trilogies yeah. i just like um, that um he's obi-wan you don't need to justify why you yeah. like obi-wan it's he's obi-wan, obi-wan. Um, i like i like the way alec guinness especially i think ewan mcgregor gets a lot of love but i think someone that needs to get a little more love is alec guinness he was the uh he was the, the original person um he really i just think he did a really great job of kind of setting up that role and how Obi-Wan was in that in that period of his life. And though he, even though he didn't know really what was fully going to happen, it was a he did a really great job of getting the um the, the mentor, the friendly wise agree. grandpa and I I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Okay, my first question. I don't know if you know this, the day we're recording this September 12th is National Video Game Day apparently. Really? Yes. Um, so I'm going to ask you, Jacob, please tell me and design right now your ideal Star Wars video game. Go. My ideal Star Wars video game. Wow. Ooh, that's tough. You know, ideal Star Wars video game. I'm thinking maybe something like, oh, sorry about that. There was some noise in the background. Don't for worry sec. about it. Uh, maybe something like uh, I don't want to. I mean, I love I love all the Battlefront games, the, the original ones and the new ones. So I think maybe a uh, another shooter game. I don't know. It's hard to say. I think though I would go for um, I would go for like um, maybe like a a co op bounty hunting type game where you team up with like split screen online or whatever and and be like have a bounty hunter and use different gear and whatnot and go around and try and work together in a shooter format but with kind of um having to work together and use your wits to track down and like find clues to track down the bounty and you could go to different you go to different planets i think i think that would be pretty fun And there could be like a career mode. I don't know, like a like a story mode, like FIFA or something, where you can like you have your bounty hunter and you start at the beginning, and then you have to the first mission maybe would be passing the um the the bounty hunt the initiation the initiation. So, trials so basically, bounty like bounty guild. hunter, but better. Like bounty hunter, but different, sort of. Yeah. Okay, that's a really interesting idea. I gotta say, that's I I love that idea. I was do? just posting about this on Twitter this morning, actually. I want KOTOR-style gameplay, but I want it for the Nine Saga movies. And I want it to be a little more open world. This is what I think would be cool. So we have our KOTOR-style gameplay, you know? This choice is you make 
influence the direction of the story. But yeah. I want this to go high infinities. Like, I want you to, like, I want you to see what would happen in the story creator's mind. I want, like, I want people to be able to make the decision, like, oh, Luke will join the dark side in six. I want people to be able to make the decision, oh, Ray will join Kylo at the end of uh, eight. Um, and Raylo will happen a, a movie early. Um, I want people to be able to make decisions to take the death sticks as Obi-Wan. Um, oh my gosh. Imagine, <laughs> imagine, <laughs> imagine having to go around. Imagine what if there was a whole level about going back to the Jedi, Jedi temple and having to talk, having to attend a council meeting without letting on that you're high on death sticks. The, without yeah, letting I want that you're, I, like, I want like I an know. open world decision it's sort of thing. On death sticks. <laughs> I, I, I want like, I want like KOTOR, but it's the nine movies, but better. Like with the gameplay. That's my idea. Um, okay, what's your next question? My next question is, what is your favorite capital ship? Capital ship. Um, oh, it's a hard one. Um... Boring answer here, but I gotta say it. My favorite capital ship is the Executor. The Executor. So that's yeah. the exec the Executor class. No, like no, the specific ship. This the the Executor, executor which is the which is the Executor class. Vader's Super, Super Star Destroyer in five. Okay, this might be even more of a boring answer than yours, but I have to say the Venator. I love the design of the Venator class Star Destroyer. I like the it, the way it's kind of reminiscent of a real life aircraft carrier, with a with the the kind of opening the top opening long hangar format. I love the two bridges as well. It's it's really everything about it just kind of is super aesthetically pleasing, and yeah, also the prequels is my favorite era for vehicles. So got to uh, they got some great vehicles. Got, got to we'll give some that. love there for sure. Um, next, uh, my final opinion question. Jacob, I'd like you to tell me, and I'll do the same, something you dislike about your favorite Star Wars movie and something you like about your least favorite Star Wars movie. Something I dislike about my favorite Star Wars movie. My favorite Star Wars movie is The Empire Strikes Back. I know, cliche answer. Um, it doesn't older matter, everyone has their, everyone has their picks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's a, I think it's an awesome movie. The thing I dislike about that one, oh man, I don't even want to talk about it. But um, Luke, I think I know what you're talking. Leia, Medbay. Yeah. Ooh. Mm, that were was not <laughs> planned. It that there was wow, that was really yeah. Um, it's <laughs> bad. It's really yeah, bad. Like, I don't know the fact yeah. that yeah, it's just knowing. Knowing, knowing where it turns that, out, just oh, uh, it rips yeah. everything out of that. Um, it just—it's uh, not good times. <laughs> yeah. And um, my what? What? What is the second? The, my favorite thing about the least favorite Star Wars movie. Yeah, I know which one it is. Okay, my least favorite Star Wars movie is the Last Jedi. But my favorite thing way, about the last perfectly valid opinion. Everyone's has yeah. their yeah. My favorite thing about the Last Jedi. Hmm. I would say my favorite part is the aesthetic. 
like the aesthetic choices. I do I, think I like, Last Jedi has some incredible cinematography. If that's what I do about. like the um, I do like a lot of the aesthetics of the movie. The um, when they're on crate, that part is is pretty awesome with the red the red dust and everything, kind of creating so- a literal fog of war, and then the uh the the scene where where Ray is lifting up all the rocks and the lights coming through and everything wow wow so i think that and and i'm not the huge fan of it but there's some beautiful moments in there there's some beautiful moments for sure so yeah i guess i'll share mine now all right so my favorite um star wars movie as probably some people know is return of the jedi um it's a good one it i honestly can't find a lot of major flaws with that movie it was hard for me to think about this but honestly I can't stand Boba Fett. I wish he wasn't in the movie, honestly. Really? I don't think removing him from the movie would honestly do that much. I think I think if he just got up and left after he delivered Honda Jabba, I think that would be fine with me, honestly. So you just don't... So so what don't you like? You would say that you don't like... He, he feels superfluous, you'd say? Yeah, he feels superfluous, and I think... And I just think... You know, there's not a lot of purpose to him, and he dies in a silly way anyway so you he know, does what's die kind of in a point? bit of a silly way what's kind of the point of having him in the movie yeah. anyway i feel like that's just me though yeah um, i think boba fett is a little overrated but so i might I be inclined to be. i don't know so attack of the clones attack of the clones is my least favorite star wars movie i'm going to put a um a, so i mean i've already done this but sorry alice um alice is one of the um great hosts of forced host to star wars happy hour and her favorite star wars movie is attack of the clones um and she's totally fine to have that opinion um you know it's it just doesn't strike me as much as it does some other people um the thing i love about attack of the clones i will say this everything from when they enter the um uh when they enter the arena on geonosis yeah to when they to when Dooku gets out of that hangar is pure genius. So so you like it. You like I the love uh, it. it's great. The battle the, of Geonosis. The, the, the battle of Geonosis is genius. The duel in the hangar is genius. What do, what do you find, others, What do you find genius about it? Elaborate on that. I want to I don't know. I, I just, you know, it was it was the first time we saw a bunch of Jedi just duking it out with battle droids and all that you know we never saw up to we never saw more than two jedi fighting up at a time uh, up until that point you know what i mean we got to see the jedi really in their prime of combat um the scale of it was pretty impressive the scale was incredible Uh, the duel between yoda and dooku was awesome it's one still one of my favorite duels in star wars um it's just quite incredible um and how anakin approaches that fight how obi-wan approaches that fight how yoda approaches that fight they're all great i love them they're great that's it for this episode of Star Wars in a Galaxy. Thank you guys next so week, much for tuning in. Next week, we got the last hour. I think it's like the last hour and 12 minutes of the Clone Wars. I oh, so we're going of, for... Of Clone Wars, yeah. We're going for a long, uh, all right. We're going for a little bit longer. I hope that's okay. Um, I think it'll, I think it'll but, work out, yeah. Yeah, um, we're going to tie up Clone Wars in a nice little bow. In the meantime, check us out. Twitter. Add in a galaxy pod. Email Star Wars, sorry, SW in a galaxy at gmail.com is our email address. Uh, check us out on, we have a YouTube channel, subscribe to that. Um, Anchor, Twi- um, Anchor Breaker, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcast, we'll probably be there. 
Um, and yeah, did I miss anything? I don't think I did. No. Uh, may the force be with you. Always. Thanks for listening. Hey guys, it's Eli here. I just wanted to talk about one thing. Um, there's a GoFundMe page um, set up right now, given Gina Carano's very insensitive comments in the past week to donate to uh, transgender funds and all of that kind of stuff. People supporting transgender people. The Transgender Law Center set up by um, the geek, the people at the Geeky Waffle Network, um, Maggie Lovett of Star Wars Friends, and uh, Eric Eilerson of the Living Force Podcast. Um, go donate there. We want to show solidarity and support to tra- transgender people and people of all backgrounds so that they can be supported in this great community of ours. Um, this is the way. Uh, so, yeah, please donate to that. We'll leave the link in the description of this episode. And yes, please donate.